Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Following through from Friday's rally with some continued uplift for the regional banks, at least today. Busy week for consumer earnings, uh, the debt ceiling negotiations, and inflation data. We'll get the loan officer survey this afternoon. Our roadmap begins with a big week for investors. The banks rebound. We'll get that latest read on CPI, PPI, and the president set to meet Speaker McCarthy. Plus, Warren Buffett delivers a gloomy outlook for corporate earnings, says Apple remains his best portfolio business, and cautions that fear is contagious as we continue to watch that regional bank volatility. And Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warning of economic chaos and a constitutional crisis if Congress fails to raise the debt ceiling. Let's begin, though, with a new uh, market week featuring, as we said, a lot of data and earnings and some of these uh, talks of the White House. Jim, what's, what is going to be of those buckets? What's most important going well, into that? I, I think it is the Janet Yellen uh, on ABC News because there was this moment where George Stephanopoulos, who's obviously a very shrewd observer, tried to press her on whether the president would use the 14th Amendment. And she kept coming back to saying, look, it's catastrophic. I don't think that she spoke for the president. I think she spoke for Treasury. And uh, it's very difficult to make good investment decisions when you have a situation where someone is trying to play chicken. David, it's not clear who benefits, but one of the things that she made it clear was, listen, we're not going to pay Social Security. We're not going to pay Medicare. We're not going to pay interest. So, I mean, well, that's like the trifecta of of what you would do if you're a, a lesser developed country. Yeah, it wouldn't be good. No. It would be chaos. Uh, also saying the f- resorting to the 14th Amendment could elicit a constitutional crisis, I right. guess. They would go right um, to the Supreme Court. The Republicans would go right to the Supreme Court, and they would win against the president. Um, because that is a, a question I know Lawrence Tribe, who's a constitutional scholar, wrote an op-ed this weekend saying, I've changed my opinion. He previously said he thought it would be unconstitutional. Now he says it wouldn't be. Well, it's up to the court. And I mean, I think the president would would invoke it. I mean, look, they have a meeting tomorrow. And I think that the Republicans came up with a a very large number of Republicans said, look, without any sort of actual real uh, look at the budget, which is the first time they've done that. It's just been a game of chicken without any of that. uh, We're not going to pass it. And I don't understand how the president gets around that. Uh, if the president feels that they, he can say the Republicans are the reason why you didn't get your Social Security check. So I, I think this is a much bigger game than a lot of people think. I, I think that that whole notion of the one thing that you don't have to worry about uh, is that it's the fault. It's based on the fact that Speaker McCarthy um, has control of the party. Uh, who's thought that? Well, it's a, sl- it's a slimmer now. measure of control than, uh, than in prior eras. Uh, but certainly some pieces out today looking at how McConnell and McCarthy have locked arms. McConnell basically saying to the White House, you're dealing with the speaker, uh, not me. I'm not going to get well, involved. Look, I think the speaker's a reasonable person. Uh, uh, 
and I've spoken to him many times. I don't he knows the consequences here, but I just don't want to dismiss it. I don't dismiss it because, like, as we get closer and closer, I keep thinking about 2011. And there's a lot of people who weren't in the business from 2011, but there was much less rancor in 2011 than now. The Republicans and the Democrats didn't hate each other as much as they do now. And yet we still had that vicious S&P downgrade, which remember Tim Geithner, the Treasury Secretary, said was calculated incorrectly. It was never taken back. No, it never was. It was never taken back. Um, well, if you want to trade it all, Goldman Sachs now has the uh, U.S. debt ceiling basket. I'm trying to get it's a portfolio of Delta to to One positions across assets, which are among the most responsive to a debt ceiling driven risk off move, Jim. So you got that going for you. Well, I just I'm trying to get Jason Robbins to see if we can get what DraftKings is going to set a book on this. He was on. He was on. Why doesn't he start doing those things? Why does it have to be limited to to sports? Let me see what he says. That's a good right? idea. Let's get the line up. Janet Yellen. Be joining, oh, she's uh, going to be. Well, you can't beat that. Today. Well, that's good. She'll starting to communicate, saying some things that perhaps okay. will. Uh, Look, I mean, you have Warren Buffett. Either scare I people or get people I, closer together on this. Well, yeah. I, why? Why what? Well, if you think that you can blame the Republicans for you're not getting your Social Security check, and the Republicans blame Biden for not getting it, who has a better shot at winning the presidency? Now, we know that the t- polls this weekend showed that Trump beats Biden. Uh, we're a long way from any election, so, and this well, will play out long before that. Uh, uh, this plays out very quickly. Now, well, it's possible we get it, ex- even though they've said you get it extended into the fall, and then it just gets joined with the budget process. Well, I just think which that... Which a lot of people believe makes sense. I just think that in 2011, we all kind of felt, well, let's not worry about it. And then suddenly it snuck up that that we should have been worried about it. And I just don't I want to keep that in mind. That's all. I just think that that was a terrible time for the Republic where we really did feel that we would default. And I look, there's a big meeting tomorrow. Maybe the meeting goes well. But if the meeting doesn't go well, then I tell you, it's 2011. Sure. And we just have to break out the 2011 playbook, which is we we can take this thing right to when you don't get your check in the mail. Uh, yeah, and doctors don't get reimbursed, and yeah, they start prioritizing uh, outflows, and that would that would be uh, some dark periods. Right. At the same time, Jim Stiefel over the weekend goes from 4,200 to 4,400 in the next couple quarters, and they say stay with cyclicals because some of the certainly the jobs number on Friday and the ISMs were some upside surprises. I couldn't find a single single cyclical stock that had a bad chart this weekend when I went over them. Every single one, and a lot of them read like Eaton, which were, okay, look, um, a, the, a lot of them are decarb. Eaton's decarb, electrification. Now, I'm, good. I, I'm glad to see Barry Bannister because when you read Mike Wilson this weekend, you had that Elaine Garzarelli feel. And David, I don't remember if you remember Elaine Garzarelli. I do. She called the crash. Yes, she did. And then she called a lot of them after that. Right. Yeah. And I don't want Mike Wilson to do that. I, I'm urging Mike to, to not, not that he's... I guess it's a lot of crashes that didn't happen. I should right. Well, I just think that what he has to do is he came in saying that this quarter's earnings would be disappointing. They've been anything but. That's correct. So why not just say, listen, I looked at the quarters. I incorrectly predicted where they'd go. So I have to rethink. Hmm. But instead, he just says, "Okay, next quarter. That was Garzarelli. That was Elaine Garzarelli. She would come in and in the second and third times you would say, wow, maybe she's going to be right again. And then the fourth time, you realize that she just had lost her way. 
We'll see. Wilson's still at base case 195 for S&P earnings this year. Uh, it's not just about the results. We got what? It got 80% of the S&P is in. Uh, revenue up four, earnings down three. Corporate guidance, though, Jim, best ratio in two years. I know. Uh, and then you have things like Zscaler today, uh, which is a, a very good cybersecurity company where the one area of tech that people were starting to worry about, I had Cloudflare on, fr- on Friday, uh, Matthew Prince. And he was saying, yes, there is an elongated cycle, you know, elongated being the great curse word, David, yes. uh, when it comes to even to cybersecurity. And Zscaler says, no, that's just not true. And Zscaler is part of a uh, zero trust, you know, where you make sure that it's you. Like, I got a call today from, right. from Chase saying, listen, dial, you know, you, yep. you, someone, is in, someone is obviously trying to be me. And, you know, you sit there and you say, well, geez, I'm glad Chase has the kind of, Zero trust. Well, if zero trust is doing well, then I don't think that you have anything in tech that's doing poorly. Well, we talked about some of the growthy names on Friday. Snow with a little upgrade action well, this morning. how about that? Yep. And I think that Snow, Snowflake is very tied in with Amazon Web Services. So you can rent the web or you can buy the web, you know. And that shows you that both short and, short and long term are doing quite well. Now, I didn't like, I don't know if you saw Dave Costin's piece. Yeah. On mega cap earnings. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's lumping in a couple ones that are, you know, Apple is driving and Microsoft's driving. He was saying Alphabet's driving and Amazon's driving. Now, actually, their, their quarters were not good. And I don't want to even pretend to say that their quarters were good. Well, then there's the regional banks, uh, which continue to rebound, obviously led by Cap- uh, PacWest this morning, jumping 81% on Friday. Best uh, record gain in its history after a six-day sell-off. company did announce a sharp dividend cut, though, Friday night in an effort to boost capital. The CEO says, quote, our business remains fundamentally sound. And there was Buffett over the weekend warning that fear is contagious when it comes to banking turmoil. That's a message he delivered at Berkshire's annual meeting on Saturday. If you have people that are worried about whether their money is safe in a bank and all trying to withdraw it, you can't run an economy very well. But here we are. In, you know, 2023, and we actually see the FDIC pay off at 100 cents on the dollar to everybody or make it available on all demand deposits, and yet you still have people very worried. That just shouldn't happen. Maybe that's why Piper this morning, Jim, says, please, Congress, raise the insurance limits, and to the SEC... Put a finite short-selling ban in place so Congress can do that. Uh, I thought that the first is good. The second, people have always uh, rebelled against the idea of a short-selling ban because there's always a way to get around. The they don't work that well. They don't. Work. At least history would show they aren't. No, they don't work. Particularly I mean, effective. Right. I mean, they, at some point, the ban ban expires. Right. And what happens is, is that right now you're not even. There's not even short-selling of the individuals. It's short-selling using the. ETFs. But to the point, it, the deposit outflows don't really seem to be occurring at this point. No, the, as the much as, Friday were very as good. it would be the volatility in the stocks, particularly the downdraft we saw much of last week that can lead to a, a lessening of confidence. Now, that can have a reverse effect. And, uh, and uh, you know, we saw very strong uh, rebounds on Friday, and right. perhaps we're going to see a bit more today. No, I, look, I, I, I think that this is totally a KRE. You, know, you get the ETF. I mean, one of the things that and I hate a short selling ban, what that says is they, if you remember 2008, 2009, everyone got around it. 
And, and they got around it by just saying to the brokers, listen, could you create something that looks like that? And I'll bash it. Uh, here you have the KRE, the ETF that has these, and you can bash it. So you may think that there's no, sh- you can't short sell if they do a ban, but everybody gets around a short sell ban. What you have to do is make it so that there's a lot of protection. Uh, I, I have been calling for the eight, for, I've been calling for uh, the, the FDIC to offer individuals an individual account insurance. So if you have $800,000 in Zions, for a, for a fee, you can insure it. This is what you talked about Friday night. Yep. Right. Yep. And, you know, there's nothing that says they can't. And I was dealing with someone from the Federal Home Loan Bank Board who suggested it to me. He said, listen, why don't you just put this out there? This is just something where you could easily say, listen, I happen to have more than 250. I could divide it among four banks, right? You have, you know, you have a million. Well, divide it among four banks. Or say, look, I just like to take the insurance. And no one's saying this can't be done except for the, you know, Martin Gruenberg, who runs the FDIC, has been singularly uncreative. I think that's fair. Yeah, he's come for under some uh, criticism, perhaps. I don't know if it's lack of creativity, but. Well, I just think that you have to do something. I mean, you want to just keep this Uh, thing up where we just pick bank after bank and take it down? That said, many of these stocks are also going to simply trade on future profitability. The fact may, may be that some of them are undercapitalized that they haven't really taken the marks. And if they were to, obviously, we know what that would mean. Uh, and then there's the worries about commercial real estate. What, 65% of commercial real estate national bank lending is from regional banks? Right. And that continues to be a concern. As we pointed out, all commercial real estate's not created equally. Uh, office space is very different than warehouses. But nonetheless, that's something that there's going to be a continued focus on. Uh, and so the earnings power of these banks that are paying a lot for deposits, and not getting a lot on their assets, that will continue to be a concern to the market. But, but look, you Maybe had it's the, been reflected already by the significant downdraft we've you, seen you in some had, of these don't bank forget, stocks. I mean, the image, you had Warren Buffett uh, available for sale. A, a, and you had Charlie Munger uh, told the maturity. Yeah. So you have three different problems, right? You have what they actually did with their money, with the deposits. They took them all in at once. They put them in the wrong place, perhaps. Then you have the credit, okay, uh, which is... Not sure. That's commercial real estate. And then you have the where, how many of the uh, of the deposits are actually insured? What percent? And these are three different variables, and they're just flying around. And all three of them are different. And it depends if you have, like, the First Horizon, which the deal broke down. Right. They have good on all three. And yet that's the one that broke down. Yeah. We'll see what the loan officer survey says today, because loans at commercial banks up four straight weeks. We haven't seen the crunch yet, No, at least in the high frequency. We absolutely have it. Take a look at futures here. Uh, We'll get to some of the sell side calls today. Got some uh, research on Disney, XPO, uh, was five part bond offer out of Apple today, getting some attention, Peloton. Futures are mixed. We're back in a minute. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX. Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, The ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. 
We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Apple, you know, has a position with consumers where they're paying, you know, maybe they pay 1500 bucks or whatever it may be for a phone and these same people pay $35,000 for having a second car. And if they had to give up a second car or give up their iPhone, they'd give up their second car. I mean, it's, it's an extraordinary problem. We don't have anything like that that we own 100% of. It just happens to be a better business than any we own. That's Buffett raving about Apple at Berkshire's annual meeting over the weekend. Jim, and now we're watching this uh, bond offering. Wonder if uh, Luca's going to bottom tick rates again. Well, he, it, look, they love the buyback stock. And by the way, they have a buyback that's very good. They don't just, it's more, you don't just give it to Goldman and do what you want, which historically, just so you know, um, people who do that, managers who do that, and I know many good CEOs do that, that's, that's a terrible way to do a buyback because they just short it uh, and then they, they profit off of it. Now, you know, I've said this very often, and I, I did these buybacks. I got to tell you, I mean, the pressure that you're under to do a bad job at the firm versus the good job for the client is, uh, is something worth mentioning. But I thought that what was most important, when you listen to what Buffett said, and then you go translate to the services revenue, the companies, think about what, what Apple has. What is the cost of acquisition of a new service versus if you were Time Warner? Warner Brothers, which they did a very good job. We didn't talk about that, but Paramount, which was mentioned obliquely. You don't, the cost of acquisition of any of these services they have is zero. Everybody else has a huge cost of acquisition. Think about the cost of acquisition of any company that does a streaming service. And what is this? What is the cost of the streaming? You mean because of the installed base? The the stickiness of the installed base. Right. Uh, Interesting piece today, too, about how EM is an increasingly big piece of the puzzle now. We've got Cook in India. Uh, supply chains are migrating. Well, I mean, there, if you add up all the countries that he talked about, you have about X India, about 250 million people. Uh, you add India 1.4, you get into a situation. You could argue this is just I'm using Facebook number versus them. You could actually get to. You could easily get, by the way, to 2.3 billion. That uh, is just being tapped. Uh, you know that Facebook has 2.9. So you're talking about an easy 600 million. What they were really saying was, stop thinking about China, will you? Start thinking about where we're. You're talking about products. just moving into Android's part of the world and just exactly. into enemy lines. Yes, and the, when you have 99% satisfaction, speaking to someone who used to run a great telco company, when you have 99% satisfaction, you're offering a product that is not sticky but permanent. And permanent means you can put through all these different services and people are going to take them. And the cost for those services uh, to, to make acquisitions is zero. Boom. Greatest, greatest consumer product of all time. It's a tech company. <laughs> By the way, Tim Cook does not like you to call it a consumer product. Yeah. 
What does he want you to call it? A tech product. Oh. But Sue Decker, who's the lead director, called it a consumer product. <laughs> Look at Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Obviously, a lot to get to on an important and interesting week. One more look here at futures ahead of the opening bell in about nine minutes. When we come back. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. All right, let's get to a mad dash. You may have seen Estee Lauder actually in the middle there of those uh, potential gainers before we get started with trading about six and a half minutes from now. Let's go to Estee Lauder because, of course, you and I both know Mr. Peltz fairly well. Uh, I'm curious as to whether you've heard anything well, because the New York Post has reported he at least is looking at it, I guess, as a potential activist play this after, of course, the significant fall that happened late last week after earnings. I hate to take a stock apart that my trust owns, and I spoke with the company last week, they had a terrible quarter. I mean, and they didn't, they didn't see it coming. But uh, Nelson Peltz says it's absolutely untrue. Not true? Not true. Okay. So, uh, by the way, it's a controlled stock. I mean, you'd have to have uh, Mr. Lauder, the 90-year-old Mr. Lauder, say that it's for sale, but this is a move that should be repealed rather quickly. Yeah. And, uh, should should Fabrizio Freire lose his job? I mean, Fabrizio Freire, I also checked on that. Uh, the family loves him. So it would be quite a departure uh, after a very good run, by the way, that they suddenly would turn on him after seriously one bad quarter. Now, the quarter was terrible. And the quarter was terrible because the company was captive to a group of, uh, they, they do a lot of duty-free. And the largest one uh, in Asia basically said, listen, we need all the product you can get. And then they got it wrong. So it really wasn't so much Fabrizio's fault. He's been a very good manager over the years. Yeah. But the idea that Nelson somehow is involved, is, the answer is no. The answer is no. All right. Yeah. So that uh, puts to rest that, um, that New York Post story. Um, on the fundamentals from here, though, Jim, is it still the, something? I mean, again, you owned it. You've I suffered that it. decline. I still own it. He said, uh, Fabrizio in the console said that uh, this quarter will be tough, too. Uh, there's big inventory problems. I think that they... It's only area. Everywhere else was good. I do not think it was their fault. I really think that there was a sense, and we've seen this, China opened, but not for everything. It opened for Macau, but it did not open for some parts of, uh, of export. And we've seen that, some parts of, of, tra- of uh, tourism. Yep. Now, we try to figure out why did the tourism not come back? Was it because everything was booked up? We don't know. But the travel duty-free was very poor. It's a principal uh, uh, outlet for him. And he blew it. Uh, but I don't know how much he blew versus you could say, listen, the customers got it um, wrong. All right. Well, you heard it here. But Health this says, is, not, this uh, is not happening with uh, uh, EL. No. Uh, we're going to have an opening bell four minutes from now. Don't go anywhere.
Jim mentioned uh, Stay Lauder before the break, and there's an interesting piece in the FT today about where the rebound in China is uh, because Qualcomm, EL, Starbucks, Hilton, Colgate have all said we're not seeing it quite yet. No, I'm glad you mentioned Hilton. And, uh, when I read, read through what, what are the Chinese people doing, the answer is, is that the only thing, there's two areas that it's good, banking and construction. And they are seeing definitive construction. That's Otis seeing a big pickup. But it has not extended to the consumer. Now, we know that the consumer uh, has gone to the cap. But we've been David, struggling with, to see what the Chinese consumer is really doing besides gambling. I don't think they're doing anything else. So, I mean, and by the way, SK Water was really uh, shocked. Shocked that they weren't doing. They were all set for that consumer. And it just didn't happen. So I think that the Chinese consumer has been very difficult to gain here. So stay away from it. But interestingly enough, commercial real estate's doing well. <laughs> yes. There's the opening bell in the CNBC real-time exchange. And the big board today, financial services company DTCC, celebrating its 50th anniversary at the NASDAQ. It's NASDAQ Ventures, a venture investing program. As we're back to 4140, we mentioned on Friday, Jim, how 4050 had gotten defended a couple times in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think that there's, uh, you know, I go back again to what Casa said, and I love Casa, but there's been a definitive move in a lot of groups, consumer product goods, they've been really fantastic. Housing's been great. And against that, what's been, uh, let's say, equivocating would be uh, re- retail, because they haven't reported yet. Uh, but anything that's heavy equipment has done, like I had Cummins on last week. Cummins had a standout quarter. And, you know, Cummins is a company that, that covers lots of different areas. The two areas that I think are, are unclear is low-end retail, uh, no, retail department store, and oil and gas. Uh, oil and gas because uh, the pricing year over year is dramatically down. So uh, otherwise, I think that things are okay. Those who try to find faults in this economy have to look at individual stocks, not at groups. Uh, yeah, I mean, speaking of, of in among the resilience, and if you're in the resilience camp, you had the jobs beat, right. ISM, and then you have oil up almost 10 bucks off of last week's low. Right, that has to ha- continue because uh, gasoline's down more than a dollar from last year. We do have the CPI, and that's important. But what's also important is the CPI is rents, and rents are up. And they, rents are intractable. There simply is a housing shortage. If you go over uh, the Horton call, the Pulte call, uh, and, and the uh, Lunar call, it's just over and over again, shortage, shortage, shortage. So that's been the one area where we've not been able to get enough apartments built. Um, it, it, it just can't be, they can't, they can't get enough homes and enough apartments. Then there's this whole other area, Airbnb reports this week. Yep. But there's this DoorDash. People lowered numbers DoorDash. I thought DoorDash did fine. Uh, uh, don't forget Uber was good. There's just a lot of the uh, newer companies that are doing quite well. So I don't know. I keep trying to find where is what people think is the weakness. Healthcare was on fire last week. Healthcare, medical device, except for Catalan. Except for Catalan. Yeah, we had the Kenview IPO, which obviously did quite did well. Quite very well. 
Um, you mentioned Catalan. We should we should talk about it a bit. This is a company that's come into my world because it's been thought of as a takeover candidate. Um, for those who don't know, and I'm sure that's plenty, they basically help a lot of the pharmaceutical companies, biotech companies, even consumer health companies develop their products and manufacture them. Uh, and they do that with, I think they say, 50 global sites, around 80 billion doses of nearly 8,000 products annually is what they do. You can take a look at the stock. This is the second large downturn in that stock. There had been a report some time back that perhaps Danaher was interested in acquiring it. It would fit with uh, Danaher's business. That was a Bloomberg story. Danaher sort of indicated no, or at least there were some reports that no, they were not interested. But there were many takeover stock traders who believed at some point, given they particularly like uh, to buy cheaply, that they might want to come back for it. And then you get this today. Uh, which follows on something we already heard from the company back on the 14th of April. Um, Essentially, in the course of finalizing its financial statements for the third quarter, they identified certain potential non-cash adjustments related to operations in Bloomington, Indiana, and we'll need more time to review that matter. And then they go on to say, when combining the operational and productivity issues, the prior forecasting challenges, um, and less significant potential non-cash adjustments, they expect to reduce both its fiscal 2023 net revenue and adjusted EBITDA by more than $400 million. Uh, the last time, on the 14th, it was sort of a $150 million hit is what we thought it was to EBITDA. And so the issue seems to have gotten worse incrementally. It's not good. Um, and so the question becomes, what now, Jim, for this company? Given again, it's no longer thought of in that way. Now the question, they got rid of their CFO last time right. after the last announcement. So there is just concern. Well, Danner has a lot of dry powder, and they're doing a spinoff of a filtration company. But Danner is pristine. And I just don't know why they would want to associate themselves with a company that I think there'll be questions about integrity. Yeah. Um, and manage- that's a harsh charge, I know. It is. Management went on to say they're confident their recent operational challenges are temporary and addressable. But again, the market doesn't want to hear that right now. Uh, and this is hurting in a lot of, as, as I said, those who speculate in terms of what might get taken out because there had been a belief that there might be some consolidation involving cattle. And I believe they did have an advisor. Uh, there may have been something with Danaher at one point. But given the damage that's been done here, it's hard to imagine. You've got to wait. You've got to step well, back and wait and make the, sure they can get their house in order to some extent. The profile did fit. Now, my chapter just owns Danaher, and Danaher did not predict correctly. It's kind of like Estee Lauder or something. They yeah. did not predict correctly that there would be such a decline among their clients. Now, their clients are biotech companies that are well-financed that then buy machines. Well, the biotechs, there was one biotech deal last week, first one in a long time, but there's just a slew of biotechs that never raised enough money to continue to buy product from Danaher. That's why Danaher missed. And I come back and I say, holy cow, Danaher, Estee Lauder, usually these companies have a great handle on their customers and both failed. Yeah. It, uh, rather amazing because these are very good companies. Banner's a fantastic company. Yeah. Now, Estee Lauder is interesting enough. I, uh, I speak to Nelson. There, there's, he doesn't really want to go after two-class stock situations. No, you typically as an activist stay away from. Not always. We have seen some activists come after control companies. In fact, 
Uh, Tryon at one point took a position in our own parent company, Comcast, which right. of course is also has a, a significant vote stake for the controlling uh, family, the Roberts family. So, you know, sometimes they will. Right, but they recognize the futility of it. But you, David brings up a, a, a cable company, and there was this considerable amount of time spent on whether Warren Buffett still owns Paramount <laughs> this weekend. I know. I, we thought we might hear from him given that terrible day Paramount had last week after it significantly cut its dividend from what was 24 cents to 5 cents. Of course, we had talked for years about that significant outlay of cash, particularly for a company that is suffering negative cash flow right now. Uh, I don't know if we have the sound, Carl, from Buffett on Paramount. He didn't really have that much to say other than really, let's just paraphrase it and save people time. It's like it's a competitive industry. It's a competitive industry. Well, yeah, well, there there you go. I mean, I also felt it was kind of like when he he made the bet on airlines and U.S. Air. It's like, well, you know what? Entertainment is really kind of not a great thing. Yeah, we didn't get a whole lot of single stock discussion other than uh, Oxy, which is down a bit today. Uh, TSM a little bit uh, and Apple. TSM was very interesting because he talked about Morris Chen. talked about the man who built the company. But then, basically, he's been like in Japan. He put a lot of money in Japan. Oh, he says they're not done in yeah. Japan. Japan is That's very interesting. interesting because it's very inexpensive. But at the same time, there's never been any catalyst to the country. There's no growth. And there is the one of the most important companies in the world. I think it's safe to say that, right, Jim? Oh, yeah. One I of the most it, important the way, companies in the world. Forget the market cap or anything else. It's just one of, when it comes to the economy, I, <laughs> when I, it comes to the, to, I mean, think of AI. Think NVIDIA's chips and what that means for so much going on in the world and where they're made. Well, I'll tell you, it's funny you said that because Jensen Wong is giving the keynote, uh, keynote live at Computex that's uh, uh, going to be in Taiwan. In, uh, and it's going to be, I think, another one, May 29th. Last time he spoke, it was just breakthrough and the whole group ignited. Yeah. I think it's going to be the same. That H100 chip you've talked about, of course, which powers the latest large language models for artificial intelligence and is extraordinarily expensive because you have to buy so many of them to get the actual power to to, to do that. One one is $45,000 on eBay. Now, when I went to... To These them. are companies buying thousands upon right. thousands of to, them. Right, not the to. Chinese, by the way, that are prevented no, from buying these highest-end chips. They're not allowed to. Um, Alphabet is a customer. Uh, we know that Amazon. The thing that's so interesting is, is when I went in, I said, listen, does it really cost 45000 I was hoping they'd say, well, for you, Jim, it yeah. would be. <laughs> for you, good price. Do you good need price. an H- H100? You want to put one in the house? What I you thought gonna, an like- H100 would be <laughs> terrific. I'm right next to, I don't know, I've got an app, one of those Apple things that plays music. Mm-hmm. An H100. And a little H100. You're, you're all set. I'm waiting yeah. for a, for more um, generative AI. You didn't really, on the Apple call, you didn't get a lot of generative AI. Well, it's all I hear about virtually every day is, you know, people just talking about the newest, the latest thing you can do with ChatGPT, what it's going to mean in the next iteration, what that's going to bring. There's something called a prompt engineer. This is a new job. Prompt engineer. A prompt engineer. Somebody who can effectively prompt ChatGPT rapidly, accurately to get results more quickly. And do you yeah. even think anything of what Buffett's, what uh, Charlie Munger was talking about with- what they prefer? Human intelligence. Human intelligence. Human is what they call it in the CIA, right? Human. Well, I like the kind that you can take. I don't want to, you know, my wife said, please do not say take jobs. Don't do that. Come up with another way. 
So a lot of people say, uh, you know, create, like Sue Decker, who might just think is terrific, the lead director, talk about how it, it can be more productive. Yep. Well, um, we had Hatzius on Friday who said the, the things it'll do to productivity are akin to what electricity did yeah. or oh the God. advent of the or, PC. Or, I just or, got the, or the internet. Wow. Uh, yeah. We were mentioning Paramount, and Disney is leading the Dow back to 103 now. Morgan Stanley well, goes to 120, and of course, they report on Wednesday. I found the Swinburne notes more so than not painful. Uh, but Chapter Stone said, I was just praying that there'd be no one who says anything before Iger speaks, because Iger, th- this note that's moving it is basically saying, look, there, there's going to be some positive things uh, uh, that are cost cut. Cost cut is not what we want. We want revenue growth. Yeah. We don't want cost cut. By the way, speaking of revenue growth, Jason Robbins from DraftKings assures me that he wants the government to, he's asking the government to be allowed to, to make, make a book on, say, the debt ceiling, but they don't have approval. What, did you, what are you, I, I, uh, what are you wasting time with that stuff? you got so much to do. Really? You're going to talk to DraftKings about making book on the debt ceiling? Is that really something you should be doing? Well, we, Focus we, on your land in New Mexico, dis- will you please? Getting that it. sold. Because it's not going to Disney. It turns out that that land has a huge amount of oil on it. <laughs> I don't know if you heard so is, Coterra wait, is there be a talk Disney about attraction where you can drill a well. I have the option. I have 300,000 acres. It turned out, this David, is the story it's of not. A man named Jim. It <laughs> is natural gas, liquid, Rich. and oil. So I've had it with you. And by the way, I'm done. And I, I've actually finished. <laughs> That's it. We're done. done here. That's I all have, it took. I, David, I have over a hundred million dollars worth of natural gas, liquids, and oil there. Why am I doing this nonsense? You've never I, walked out on us in, before. Jim, the well, I, I, just, I, I asked I myself insulted. that question every day. Why? You I was do insulted. This. I got the Jason Rob. I thought that that was good. I got. I killed the Estee right. Lauder. Yeah. I killed. You did. You did a good job reporting. You did a good job. Before right. you go, one last thing. Amer- <laughs> American. Americans up four uh, percent. J.P. Morgan I, says they're. They're doing a good job paying down debt. In fact, it's these legacies they say have finally won the war against the discounters. Well, when I met with them, they were adamant that there's something I was saying, which is that the first five rows were business and they don't have those anymore. And they said, you know, that's just like the individuals are paying the same rates that the businesses used to. So drop that rap. Hmm. I shot that down. You shot that down. I shot that down, too. You're, You're doing great. You, you it hurt my feelings in the great Why did case. I hurt your feelings? I'm just telling because, you, why are you wasting time well, on stuff about whether have, DraftKings you know, is going to make thing, book on the debt ceiling? Maybe you didn't hear the interchange that I have. I heard. I you heard. did? Yeah, I did. I heard. It's not that great, but I'm I am shooting down everything. All right. Let's, let's talk about Dish for a minute. There's nothing there. One of the, <laughs> there is nothing there. Except $21 billion in debt. I mentioned it because Dish, a company we used to follow, but now it's a $3.8 billion market value going down by another 1%. So we don't follow it as much anymore. But they did lose 552,000 subscribers. Remember, they did have that cyber, that cyber issue. Uh, may have not made 552,000 subs they lost. That was more than had been anticipated. Did they tell people? They did have modest. Did they tell people not to take it? I don't know. They did have a, a more modest free cash flow burn. Um, because remember, they're spending a lot to try to create a nationwide 5G wireless network. Remember, that was the play here. Did All the spectrum they bought. That? Yeah. Comcast had a very dismissive note. And Jim and Carl, the key here, like with so many companies in this market that have a lot of debt, is how are you going to roll over $21 billion of existing debt? This is Credit Suisse writing this. When the debt markets appear to have lost confidence in the company and its bonds yield 15% or more. So we do keep an eye on this in part because it does trade now 
in not on equity value, but on debt and on the whims of the credit markets to a certain extent. You know, and so when you get that regional bank concern, the stock goes down as it had been recently. But now we have earnings as well, which, again, free cash flow is a little better. Subscriber loss is a little worse. I, I just I thought, by the way, went over the Comcast conference call again when I compared it to the Paramount. And I'll tell you what's interesting. Paramount was far more bullish about their business than Comcast was. <laughs> Go back over what Bob Backer said, uh, CEO of Paramount. It, it, it read like, like a, 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 all the good things you heard about First Republic. Uh, First Republic. Paramount shares have actually now turned around. Well, to your point, and again, we've made this point, Comcast, which had a very strong quarter, free cash flow-wise, did lose 614,000 video subscribers. Right. But they and, so, make- and then you have another 552,000 lost here by dish. I mean... Pretty soon, you're talking big numbers. Yeah, you, That's a quarter. You are. You're talking very big numbers. And I found that uh, the only one, and we did, we barely talked about it. The only one that's been able to pull this thing off and yeah. is, was, was Zaslav. The numbers were good there. That was a, that'd be break yeah, even. Getting a break even and uh, direct to consumer. We didn't talk nearly enough about how good that quarter was. It wasn't a bad quarter. It didn't get a great reception in the marketplace. No, but the, that's because they didn't bother to read. It's a lot of back-end free cash flow they have to generate. Why well, not? They have 50 million, you know, but they... And they got 50 billion in debt. debt. Yeah. Well, but By I, the way, on that point, I should, Dish is eight times. I mean, it has, you know, it's... EBITDA to, uh, it's, to debt is something like 8.1 times right now. That's not good. No. But I, I, I like, you know, there's a... There are people who constantly say, and David, could you please just end this right now, that there's talks between, that, that Comcast is going to merge with uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. You know, it's a Morris trust issue. Which well, means- first of all, you've got to wait another year. You don't Sorry. have to. It's the, the tax implications, as some would tell you, you could move if you wanted to. Others say you have to wait two full years from spin. So that, we've still got plenty of time. Wait, 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 I can yeah. speculate on anything. Yeah. I mean, you want me to speculate on things? Sure. I'd rather not. No, no. You see, because I believe that when you do that, it tends to get people to buy things, and then I have a, a I have a responsibility to not have people buy something on, on rumor, right? Yeah, right. At some point, consolidation may come. I don't know right. when that point will be. Right. Uh, let's take a look at bonds this morning with the Dow going uh, red rather quickly here. Uh, two years still just south of four. We'll see what the loan officer survey tells us about Q1 uh, at 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern time this afternoon. And by the way, don't forget you can always check in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. You can use the QR code on your screen. We're back in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Look, there, we didn't get over the Zscaler enough. Zscaler, the fact that they pre-announced had a lot to do with the fact that Cloudflare, which I had on last week, uh, Matthew Prince, didn't make the quarter. Uh, and I think that they just got fed up waiting uh, for the conference, wait up, waiting for them to be able to say something. And a lot of people feel that Cloudflare should have pre-announced. I, I don't think that's really fair. But these guys were waiting until June, and they said, no, our order book's good. There had been a, a fear that cybersecurity had become one of those non-essential things, uh, that's off the table. So I think that's a very important call. Um, yeah. Uh, B of A, the desk, says it's the first time they can ever recall Zscaler doing this. They've never yeah. done it. And Zscaler, Jay Chaudhry's been on Mad Money many times. He's a very conservative man, so this is a very big deal. 
and it says that, the, that no, it's not uh, discretionary. This is still very, very important, which is good, by the way, because uh, there's a host of companies that are in this industry that no one, they've all insured, insured me is the elongated cycle that Cloudflare has is not what they share, including uh, CrowdStrike, which tells me things are fine. Yeah, uh, they report on June 1. Uh, kind of right. strange, given what we heard about at least April out of Amazon. But uh, very, yeah. very strange. Something to keep track of. This, this, uh, anything that's being that's actually in the cloud right now is very cloudy. <laughs> after what happened, how about tonight? Okay, uh, one of the hottest groups in the world is uh, artificial limbs, artificial you know knees, wrists. Uh, oh, Calvin Button, by the way, excellent, fantastic company. But uh, there is a super cycle, according to Mr. Lobo. In knees, uh, hips, and strikers crushing it. Just uh, crushing it. All so those big boomers. Boomers need new parts. Well, and they held off for a couple of years because of COVID. We remember when Intuitive uh, had procedures up double digits. ISRG was on, and they, it just came on when they felt that they were in the clear. That stock's been amazing. Uh, I just think it's not funny. J&J, which my trust owns, which has been very disappointing. They do Kenview. It's much better than expected. They had a, a, a bladder a cancer device this weekend, much better than expected. But they have talc, talc um, asbestos. Liability. Much worse than expected. Fair? You say so. I well, you know, he says most of the things I say are relevant. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I worked I, all morning on this. Most. I worked all yesterday. I don't yesterday. say most. I said, just said the one thing about Making the book on the debt ceiling. Just, just focus good your time. Yeah. Now viewers can tune in to see Get if up. you last the whole show. I mean, Get if you up. just storm off. Look at this posture. <laughs> oh, I feel very defeated. Oh, God. We'll see you at 6. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, pretty narrow range to start a busy week. S&P down four. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one 844 Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix.